Hello ladies, if you are fed up, confused as hell, or just over all the drama around weight loss, you are in the right place. My name is Bonnie LaFrac and I am your host here at Unfuck Your Weight Loss, where I help you make weight loss easy, achievable, and even fun. Because what is more fun than becoming exactly who you want to be in the body you want to be in? Let's take the shame and bullshit out of dieting and weight loss and lose the weight for the last time. Ready? Let's go. Well, hey there. Welcome back to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. I'm Bonnie LaFrac, and today I've got a hot, hot, hot topic for you. Hormones and weight loss, part one. I think it's definitely going to be a part one. I think this at the very least is a two-parter, probably multi-part because otherwise, I mean, hormones and weight loss is a really broad category. It's kind of like saying, today's topic is food and weight loss, and it's only gonna be 20 minutes. <laughs> I only have 20 minutes of info for you. Here's the thing. I, I do wanna make a little disclaimer. As you know, this is not a science-based podcast. I'm not gonna go all deep science-y into every single hormone and the role it plays in weight loss because I'm also not a doctor. And if you like that kind of science-based podcast, I don't blame you. I do too. I'd go head over to, and I've sent people to Sam Miller um, and also the Huberman Lab. I'd go to those places. Sam Miller does shorter podcasts and the Huberman Lab is like, you're going to marry him. <laughs> you're in for two and three hours at a time. Um, but they're, they're so good. Okay. So there are a lot of hormones that are in the weight loss um, in the weight loss game. So I'm not going to go deep diving. Like I said, not science here. Also, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV. I'm going to walk through a couple things I think we need to consider when we are talking about hormones and weight loss and where to actually get started. Okay. I've really, I've worked with thousands, thousands, I don't know, tens of thousands of women at this point over 20, 25 years in the health and fitness industry. So whether that's um, working one-on-one -on -one with a client, whether that's teaching classes, whether that is um, a variety of different transformation programs, I've worked with a lot of women. The majority of my clients right now are of course in their 40s and 50s. Now, if you're under 40, good news, you have hormones too. Um, and I know for me, when my hormones went sideways, I was actually under 40. I was, let's call it 39, 40. That's where sort of things fell apart for me. So I'm not discounting anyone who's under 40. Your hormones can go berserko at any given time. And the reason why your hormones might go crazy, um, one, you could uh, be under a lot of stress, you could be somebody who uh, chronically diets. That could just be, you know, under eating for a long period of time, you know, intermittent fasting windows that have been too severe, uh, too long on, you know, some kind of crazy diet that, or you could do contest dieting, competition dieting. Um, you could be under just a, an extreme amount of stress, have long commutes, you don't sleep well, you drink a lot of caffeine, uh, you don't uh, get a lot of the nutrients that you need. There's a million reasons why our hormones 
could not be ideal for weight loss. I know a lot of us talk or hear about like hormone balance and it's interesting at any given time, our hormones are always shifting and we can become very obsessed with chasing certain lab values and trying to get things to be optimal. And it takes time. It really does. I, I really, I want you to know if you're feeling that things are not in balance, you're not alone. It is okay. And it's going to take some time. Okay. The discovery portion of figuring out what is actually going on is only the beginning. Okay. And I don't say that to scare you off and say, don't bother trying to balance your hormones and you know, too bad. So sad. Bye-bye. You know, don't bother. No, we do want to figure it out. Okay. And that's the process. And then there's the process of sort of writing the ship, so to speak, right? Getting things back on track. But I want to start here for you, right? Hormones and weight loss, very broad category. I want to start with, I think <laughs> my intention is five points. That's my intention. Let's see how, how well we do. Number one, advocate for yourself. If there's only one thing you take from today, because I'm all about action, implementing something, right? We can talk and we can chat and we can research and we can go down all the Google rabbit holes. Believe you me, I've been there. And that's really why this podcast exists. So I save you a lot of time, but we don't need to collect more info. We actually need to like do shit with it, right? We need to implement things. And so one of the things you can do to implement on your journey, on your road to the results that you want is advocating for yourself. Now, what is interesting I think most women were kind of built the same, whether you actually have children that you gave birth to, I think women do have a certain maternal instinct, you know, so whether that is you will fight tooth and nail to defend your cat or tooth and nail to defend your kids or your loved ones, like we're hardcore, like we do shit for other people all the time, yet we don't advocate for ourselves. So I'll give an example. Let's say you do have a child. Let's call her little Susie. Uh, you take little Susie to the pediatrician and you tell the pediatrician, Hey, listen, little Susie here. She doesn't sleep. Uh, she sweats and is hot all night. Uh, she can't lose any weight. She looks actually kind of puffy and distended as uh, kind of constipated hair is falling out moody as fuck. Um, yeah, I think something's wrong with little Susie. What do you think now? <laughs> Right. Little Susie's in menopause is what it sounds like. Well, here's the thing, right? Your pediatrician, right, is going to be dealing with you. Mama bear activated, right? You are like, I need to figure this out, right? I, I'm going to make sure little Susie gets good medical care and I will go to the end of the earth to solve this problem for her. Does this, is this true? Like if you have kids, you would go to the end of the earth. Now I'm just kidding about all these sort of menopausal symptoms, but if your kid or your spouse or somebody you love and care about was suffering in some way, things were not going well, wouldn't you be like, yo, somebody listen to me. And if you don't listen to me, I'm going to find somebody who does. My guess is that you get answers. You get stuff done when it's other people, but when it comes to yourself, it's fine. I'll figure it out. It doesn't, I don't want to be a bother. It doesn't matter. It's probably normal. I'll just suffer in silence. Like we're just martyrs. It's so interesting. Kind of the same principle. A lot of my clients don't or won't 
spe like not, I don't even say special order. Just ask for what you want in a restaurant, right? So whether that's with, you know, a dinner with your in-laws or at a party or it's a business meeting, you don't want to seem like a Karen. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> if your name is Karen, I apologize. I have nothing against the name, but you get what I'm saying. You don't, we don't want to be a bother. I don't want to be that person. Well, here's the deal. Fuck that, right? Be, be whoever you want to be to get the job done. So whether that's going to a restaurant and getting exactly what you want, do that. And who gives a shit? People are going to think whatever they want. Maybe they'll think, wow, look at her. She knows what she wants. She gets what she wants. She doesn't care. She, she doesn't care. Um, same thing with advocating for your own health, ordering the lab test that you want and need. That's a big one, right? A lot of times, I'll give an example. You begin to suspect, maybe I have something going on with my thyroid. I don't know, right? And it's common, super common. It's almost, you know, I'm not saying every single woman has a thyroid issue, but some do. And it's interesting when you express this to your doctor, they'll be like, okay, well, we, you know, we'll test, we'll do the, um, the TSH, the thyroid stimulating hormone test, which is kind of standard. And, um, 90% of the time people's test probably comes back within normal range and you're told everything's normal. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. <laughs> and you're like, huh, harumph. Okay. Well, if that's normal, then I don't know what, right? Back to the drawing board or just back to suffering in silence. Yet you might have a lot of symptoms that things aren't normal. And this is, this is where advocating comes for yourself, comes into play, right? For yourself to be like, well, you know what? The TSH uh, probably then isn't enough, right? Maybe we should be looking at other tests. Okay. Advocating for yourself because you matter. You're important. No one else is going to do it for you. No one can do it but you. And what is the worst that can happen? The doctor doesn't want to do it. The doctor thinks you're crazy. The doc, you know, the, the nurse, I mean, believe you me, the woman uh, who works for my primary care, I think she hates me <laughs> when I call and I'm like, oh, hey, it's me, Bonnie. She's kind of like, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, what is this crazy? Right. I'm the, I'm demanding and I want what I want and I need this and I need that. I need it now. I need it yesterday. This is how it should go. Um, and my doctor, my primary care uh, understands me and knows me. And probably the woman who works in her office, just like, oh, this woman's so aggressive and so pushy, but you know what? Who cares? So what? I need what I need. I want what I want. I know what I'm looking for. Um, and that's that at the end of the day, I could be nice. I could be sweet. I could be quiet. I could be not con it's not that I'm confrontational. It's just like I call and I know what I want. People can think whatever they want of you. That's, you know, doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter. So, you know, maybe the woman at my doctor's office does like me. Maybe she thinks I'm wonderful and fun and interesting and smart. And maybe she just has a bad telephone personality. I don't know, but I don't care. I want you to advocate for yourself. Number two, while advocating for yourself, I would always get copies of your blood work. Always. You should have them all. 
whether they're actual like physically, like you have them handed to you or mailed to you and they're paper and you could touch them and you filed them or they're electronic, as they say, electronic, um, and you have them in your email. I would get copies and I would repeat blood work, especially if you are looking at something or something doesn't seem great. I would repeat in three to six months a lot. Uh, it is interesting <laughs> You know, every year you go, every year they're going to check your triglycerides or your cholesterol. A lot can happen in a year. If you've got like some messed up stuff going on, a year is a long time. And sometimes you could go get blood work. And for whatever reason, in that moment, you have something that didn't come, that doesn't fall within range. Maybe your A1C is a little high or your triglycerides are a little bit high or your C-reactive protein is a little bit high. Something's going on. And I'd retest within three to six months. I would to see if this is just an anomaly um, or to see if actually something's going on. Um, if you're like, what is all this blood work, right? There, there is a lot of standard blood work. Uh, I would definitely discuss with your doctor um, what they're actually testing and that you get a look at it and you get your eyes on it and take your time. I would, when somebody tells me everything's fine, everything's normal, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll take a look. And here's the thing too. Sometimes with blood work, nor, you know, normal can be considered anything above the lowest part of the range, right? The lowest. And I don't consider necessarily that's normal depending on what we're looking at. If I want something to be optimal, that's a different measure. Okay. And here's the thing. You don't have to be as interested in all of this shit as I am, <laughs> but, um, if it is your health, your well-being, your future, your, you know, ability to live a long time and have a great quality of life and to be, um, you know, kicking ass for the next 50 plus years, you probably want to spend a little time on this and know as much as you can about what, what the tests mean, what they're looking for, what you need to know. Okay. Again, not trying to send you to medical school, um, but so that you have a baseline knowledge. And if you have questions, ask your doctor or ask Dr. Google. It is all out there. Okay. Which brings me to number three, knowledge is power. Okay. It really is. Um, and I will say like my whole life, I was a terrible student. <laughs> I didn't like, did not like school, did not want to read Lord of the Flies or the Odyssey or any fucking bullshit like that. Who cares? But I do, right? My whole like Amazon cart and my Kindle library and any actual book I have, if it's not about business or mental health, it's definitely about hormones and, uh, certainly about, um, thyroid health, about stress, about, you know, all the different things that happen with weight loss. Like that's my jam. And it may not be your jam. Um, but when it comes to your health, you probably want to know some things, especially if you already take any prescription medications. It is always interesting to me, speaking of, different, uh, tests. A lot of my clients, uh, do take some medications, especially, uh, what happens with thyroid is that the first prescription most women are given is a T4 only medication. So usually something like Synthroid or Levothyroxine. 
And it is interesting to me that many women don't really understand what they're taking, whether it's thyroid medication or something for high blood pressure or uh, depression or even birth control. Um, don't know what the medication is, everything about it, any interactions it has. Um, I would, at the very least, if you take any prescriptions, know what they are. Okay. I'm not telling you to get off of them. I'm not telling you they're bad or wrong, but that if you are taking them or told that you should be taking them, that you know as much as you can about what you're taking. What are the other options? What is, you know, what are the upsides? What are the downsides? Okay. Again, I'm not poo-pooing any particular kind of medication. My own journey, um, which might be in the part two or the part three or the part four was really, you know, really figuring out, um, through trial and error and through advocating for myself and from doing a lot of blood work that, you know, typical thyroid treatment was not working for me and it was only making things worse. Um, so knowledge is power. And now I'm not telling you to go drive yourself crazy, right. And to be all Dr. Googling and WebMD, And now we can use chat GPT to diagnose ourselves. Uh, don't drive yourself crazy, but get some, some knowledge about what you're taking and, you know, you make decisions that are best for you. Okay. Number four, it is okay to fire your doctor. <laughs> you're welcome. I'll let me start here. First of all, I am not anti-doctor. I mean, that would be crazy town. That would be like, you don't need any doctors. Just do it yourself. <laughs> okay. No, you need doctors. You just need actually good doctors. And a good doctor is somebody who listens to you, who's willing to listen to you, who's willing to take your opinion about yourself into consideration. I, uh, along my journey, went to a lot of doctors. Incidentally, one of the doctors I went to when I, I was like, okay, here's the thing. I haven't gotten my period. I'm gaining a lot of weight. Um, blah, 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 blah. I had all, all the things I was on. I was in a search for what is wrong with me. Um, and he was not that helpful. Um, I had just finished competing and he was like, what are you like a 2.9% body fat? Uh, 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 I'm like, no, I'm like rapidly gaining weight and you're like annoying me. The funny part about that, this is a very nice doctor, but just wasn't, he wasn't the right doctor for what I needed. He, um, so he was at my gynecologist's office. So he's a gynecologist. As it turned out, he was the one who delivered my babies via C-section. My regular OBGYN was on vacation and, um, maternal phenol medicine was like, dude, like you need to have these at 37 weeks. Like we're not going to 38 weeks. So I ended up having this particular doctor who I was really miffed at at the time where I was like, well, that guy's stupid. That guy doesn't know. Well, it turns out He's a gynecologist and he was really good at, you know, delivering babies by C-section, by the way. Um, and God rest his soul, a very sweet man. Um, and here's the thing. I'll give another example. Um, uh, my dad is a doctor, so I am not anti-doctor. I actually have grown up with a lot of knowledge about doctors and, um, sort of the medical world and how the, how a medical system has changed over the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. I've watched it up close. Um, I'll give you an example. So my dad is a lung doctor. Okay. And also really smart, 
Like, it's amazing that I'm his daughter because <laughs> my brain is, uh, I'm like, have a sliver of what he's capable of. I think partly um, his parents really lorded over him and, you know, made sure that he did a lot of schoolwork and uh, then went to Hebrew school for two hours a day every day. Like, he was forced to do his homework and be a good student and prioritize learning and read and all of these things that my parents were like, yeah, where you just do whatever you want. Um, long story short, he ended up like, at, you know, in college by 16. Um, and, you know, in his lifetime, he established the intensive care unit at his hospital and ran it for 30 some odd years. And I'm only telling you this just to sort of set the stage. Like, this is a smart guy. Like, if you're dying... You want Dr. Lefrac to help you. It's kind of like the show, I think it was called House or Dr. House. It was House, right? It's about a medical show about this Dr. House who takes on all of these complex cases. So if you're dying, you want Dr. House. You want Dr. Lefrac. Now, I only tell you this because maybe 10 years ago, uh, I think my dad, uh, because he had some heart issues, was taking a statin. It seemed like the statin was driving up his blood sugar. So he was actually testing his blood sugar at home. Here's a phone conversation. Huh, this is so weird, Bonnie, he's telling me. I'm testing my blood sugar and I'm eating really well and I don't know what is going on. I just can't, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm doing so well. I just ate a bowl of grapes and I can't believe how high my blood sugar is. And I'm like, because that's glucose. Grapes is a whole bowl. You just ate glucose. And he's like, oh my gosh, you're so right. And I'm like, okay, so this is the world's smartest man. He's a pulmonologist. He runs the intensive care unit. He's like super smart. Even now he's 83 and so smart. It's, it's frightening. And yet that was a, a true conversation we had. And I only point that out. It took a really long time to tell a story and not just because I love my dad and I'm a daddy's girl and all of that, um, but to, to set the stage. Like, even a really smart doctor doesn't necessarily know about something out of their lane, right? He doesn't know about nutrition or fitness necessarily. He knows you need to have good nutrition. <laughs> he knows a lot more now. Um, just like my gyneco the gynecologist I went to wasn't really going to help me with, you know, my thyroid issue, which was the issue, but he did really great job delivering my kids. Okay. So if you have a primary care physician who isn't willing or able to help you solve some problems, or they're trying to shuffle you off. And I will tell you, this is, this happens a lot too, where the primary care isn't, just as kind of like go to an endocrinologist. And it does seem like, okay, I'm getting to an endocrinologist, but it is very interesting that a lot of the endocrinologists also will be in this sort of like, I'm only going to look at your thyroid stimulating hormone. I'm only going to look at XYZ. I'm going to only look at this in a very narrow window. And this is just kind of the cost of advocating for yourself is that you might run into some dead ends. You might have instances where you don't get answers or you're not listened to, or you're told everything's fine and you know it's not. And it is okay to fire your doctor. It is okay to get another doctor, to get another opinion, to ask around to, and I'm not saying that, you know, that you have, that you're smarter than them or I'm smarter than them. It is just about listening to your own body and looking at actual data that you have, okay? 
doctors are very data driven and they're going, you know, saying that you feel fat or feel ooky isn't probably enough. You're going to want to have some, some actual tangible things. When I think about just the lane of thyroid, I think about hair falling out or very thin eyebrows at the end, dry skin, cold all the time, constipated, brain fog, uh, poor sleep, inability to lose weight unless on a very low calorie diet. Um, that's what I, that's what comes to mind right away. And that's actual data, right? Feeling like it could be thyroid is probably something they're, something they're not going to listen to, but you know what? It is okay to not, you know, doctors are not God. They're not. And again, this is not anti-doctor. I, again, I love doctors. I have great doctors. It took me a while to get there, but I have great doctors. And the reason is probably because I fired some other ones and I moved on and I found uh, doctors that listened to me. And I did a lot of things on my own to show them, okay, I figured some things out. And so they support my own, you know, my own journey and my own quest. And it does, and it does take a little bit of time. Okay. So number five, what is in your control when it comes to hormones and weight loss? So I think about this, like what would be hormone friendly food or what would be a hormone friendly fitness, right there? We do have some control. I want to be very clear when it comes to hormones and weight loss, we're not doomed, okay? Menopause is a natural thing. It does happen. I'm not anti-menopause. <laughs> I'm not waging a war against something that happens. Um, it is. It's part of life, but it doesn't mean that we have to suffer, that we have to just, you know, grin and bear it. Um, and everything, you know, like we don't have to become our moms, or our grandmothers. There are a lot of different things that we can do to make sure that we feel good, that our bodies are functionally functioning optimally. I don't have to, I don't have to function like a 25 year old, but I don't need to function like, you know, like I'm ready to shit, shit the bed here. Right. I'm not 80. So I do always want to see even if I can't get the blood work or the result right now, or I'm not really sure what the root cause of my weight gain or inability to lose weight, if I'm not really sure what the root cause is, what are some ways that I can set the stage for my hormones to be more balanced? Okay. Without no, with maybe nothing is wrong. Maybe, you know what? It's just been a very slow slide, right? I haven't really noticed all the different ways that I actually am stressed. I've been maybe not sleeping well for a very long time. I'm not actually having really great digestion for a really long time. Okay. So I always want to like say, okay, what is actually going on? For me, when I think about hormone friendly food, I want to think about, do I eat in a way that I'm getting nutrition, uh, that my blood sugar is fairly well balanced. Okay. Am I thinking about, um, total calories in general? Am I hoping to lose weight, but yet always overeating, right? Some of this does, especially when we look at 
hormone balance and weight loss, some of it does come, you know, down to what kind of data do I actually have? How accurate or how honest am I about my own lifestyle, about how I eat and drink, how I sleep? What supplements do I take? Am I regular on all of these things or am I wildly inconsistent? Because that's a really big point. I'm expecting to have hormone balance and I'm just inconsistent all around. That doesn't even make sense, right? If you want balance, right? If you want hormone balance, then we have to actually set the stage for some level of consistent behavior, okay? Consistent actions I take in the way I feed and water my human body. When I think about hormone-friendly fitness, I don't think, here's what I did learn in in my quest, is that more is definitely not better when it comes to fitness. A lot of times with clients, when I really work with them one-on-one and I ask like, okay, when you say you're going to the gym and you say you're strength training, what exactly are you doing? Nine times out of 10, because you know, women who want to lose weight and they want to make improvements, we sometimes go overboard, right? More is better. And we're doing way too much in the gym, too much volume. Like I'm doing 17 different exercises and I'm doing, you know, 62 reps and I'm, I'm doing every machine in the gym and I'm doing all the things and I'm 90 minutes in the gym. I'm like, okay, well that's way too much. When we are, when we're in a situation where we think or feel like my weight is not moving or it's moving very slowly, I'm, you know, experiencing things like sleeplessness, um, you know, that sort of brain fog, not getting a lot done in the day. I'm moody. I'm, you know, uh, constipated. I'm just, you know, not feeling, I'm not feeling young. I'm not feeling radiant. I'm not feeling vibrant. I feel like I'm, you know, my joints hurt or I'm, I'm always taking a long time to recover we really have to take a look at, you know, scaling back. We can't be, it's like throwing more fire. It's like throwing gasoline on a fire. And the fire is not like fat burning fire. It's more like inflammation happening inside our bodies. And one of the things that I learned very early in sort of uh, my metabolic uh, journey was that I needed to actually scale back my workouts and I got better results when I did actually less, instead of being in the gym for an hour, trying to like, you know, bang out these old school bodybuilding routines and, you know, do tons of sets and tons of reps. I was really scaling down more to a workout that probably took me 30 to 35 minutes. At first it feels, you know, wrong and this can't be right. Um, but it is sort of the minimum effective dose. So when it comes to fitness, in some ways, it's doing less of the high intensity. It's not, you know, trying to run and trying to sprint and trying to be the fastest and lift the most and lift it faster. Um, and I get it. That's all fun. I used to truly enjoy um, CrossFit workouts where you would try to lift lift a lot very fast and you'd be running and you'd be doing a lot of things. And it was fun until I got injured, until it wasn't working for me at the time. I'm not poo-pooing CrossFit or any other kind of workout, right? There's, again, there's so many different, um, there's so many different women out there, right? Each of us is a little bit different. How we're built is a little bit different. And where we're at in our fitness and weight loss journey is going to be different. 
I've, I've maxed out a CrossFit a long time ago. It doesn't mean that you can't do that too. When I work with women though for weight loss, especially when we're looking at the overall picture and looking at um, improving hormone function for a better, meta, a better me- metabolism, um, I do look at someone who's doing a lot of high intensity stuff. And I try to suggest that if we want to keep high intensity, we do have to balance it with some less high intense workouts, things like walking, um, strength training that doesn't have to be like, you know, over the top aggressive. Um, So knowing this, that you do have some control, okay? Life isn't all about things that just happen to us, you know, menopause or hormonal changes, don't just have to happen to us, we can actually play um, a bigger part in the choices that we make and certainly the way that we approach hormone balance and we approach weight loss. I don't think uh, women, right? I mean, it'd be crazy to be like, well, you you know what? As soon as you're in perimenopause or in menopause, you're doomed. It's over. (laughs) You just... Forget about it. Don't try anymore. Give up. You're old. It's all falling apart. You're never going to feel well again. You're certainly never going to look well. You're not going to look good. You're going to have a wide waistline. Nothing's going to fit. No, I'm a hell no on that. That's really, you know, for me, um, I am all about women really at any age, but of course, you know, in your forties and fifties, like living your best life and you know, what, in what ways can you play a part is that you really have to, um, again, advocate for yourself, know what the blood work is, get copies of it, look at it, question it. You don't want things to be in range, but it's actually the bottom of the range. Get some knowledge. Knowledge is power. I'm not telling you, you have to go get a PhD. You don't have to spend hours a day Googling because we've probably already done that about diets and all of the other things. But having a baseline understanding, if you are taking any prescription medications or you're told that you might or should be taking things, what are the different options? Um, knowing that it, you know, doctors are necessary and a lot of them are incredible, but some of them are not. Okay. And it could also be that in this day and age, a lot of them are overworked and they are maxed out and they are not necessarily fully present for you. And that is okay. It's not about you. Okay. It's okay to say, well, this doctor isn't right for me right now. And we move on and we find someone who is willing to run the test or willing to listen, to consider the symptoms that you're having, to give you all of the different options um, so that you feel better. And, you know, you could have actually several different doctors. You might have somebody who works with you um, just on your digestion. You might have somebody who works with you just on hormone replacement if you're going that direction. You might have someone who is the primary care who kind of oversees everything that you got going on, right? That you could have multiple doctors. Um, As long as you're communicating to them, then I think you're in good shape right? Your doctor doesn't have to be your best friend. They're not on speed dial. They don't have to like call you Sunday night at midnight every time, you know, something's gone wrong, but you want to have the kind of relationship where you know that they're listening. And if they can't help you, that they will point you in that right direction. And some of that is really just being able to express where you're at and what, and what your, and what your expectation is. And lastly, 
putting the ball back in your court, right? Sometimes we feel like hormones and weight loss are not in our, like they're just outside of us. But there are a lot of things that we can do to be consistent with the way that we eat, to be consistent in the way that we do or do not drink alcohol, the way that we stay hydrated, how much effort do we put on sleep, basic supplementation. Surprisingly, right, a lot of people don't, um, you know, take a multivitamin. They don't take uh, D3. They don't take fish oil. They don't take magnesium. They don't take, um, you know, a probiotic. Some basics, right? And you can discuss that with your doctor. And, you know, you can uh, add one thing at a time. But we do have some control when it comes to our hormonal balance, our hormonal health, and our weight loss. And so that is what I have for you today in our part one. If you have um, any specific questions, um, experiences, um, anything that you'd want to share or ask me, please make sure you've joined me already in my free group, Food, Fitness, and Fat Loss for Real Life. Um, it is definitely a place where I'm happy to answer all the questions. And if you would like to find out how to work with me a little bit more closely, we have two programs. One is my, uh, it's a kind of a hybrid coaching program, but we have a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching inside of Self-Made. I also have a membership program called The Society. Both programs are excellent. If you are on the journey to lose weight and to put it all together, right? That means putting it together with, you know, how you're eating, what you're eating, your fitness, certainly hormones, supplements, and of course, mindset. I hope you have a great day. Take care. Hey there, before I forget, I'm hosting a very special webinar and you're going to want to be there. It is next Wednesday, June 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to deep dive into the seven deadly sins of summer eating and how you can actually enjoy your summer and lose weight. Okay, see you there. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. The next step, of course, is to take action on something we discussed because implementation beats information all day long. If you enjoyed this podcast, thank you for being here and please leave a review wherever you tune in for all of your podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Looking forward to dropping all the F-bombs with you next week. Have a good one.